Hello everyone, this is Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Don from Good Samaritan Lutheran Church here in Las Vegas. And you're listening to Good News from Good Sam, our podcast. This is where we go deeper into our weekly message and give you some spiritual food for the week. So we hope that you enjoy listening today and always feel free to share it with some of your friends as well. Absolutely. We just hope that our time together today will bless you and that will bring you a little bit closer to God and His love for you. We are glad that you're with us. Pastor Scott's not with us today. He's with a family in the hospital there. They needed them, needed him with them. Um, so, so you guys join us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. <clears throat> Lord, as we get ready to spend some time with your word, we thank you for the gift that it is. It is just, we just need your word in our lives. Helps our lives be better. Helps us know you, know ourselves, and know the way that we should interact with the world in a much more wholesome way. So use your word to bless us, to be the blessing it was intended to be. Open up our hearts and our minds. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, um, Tommy. Yes. Did you listen this weekend? Uh, yes, I always listen. You always listen. I never miss a sermon. Ne- never. <laughs> Tommy's the one interacting. If you're ever online during the, during the message and you type something in, Tommy's usually the one responding to you. Yes. So, so it's always usually very nice and polite. So we, like, we like having Tommy on board. So tell me, what is something that stuck out with you about the message this weekend? All Saints Sunday. I think just talking about grief alone mm. sticks out to me because I think um, a lot of times grief and talking about it is uncomfortable. Very. And it's, so then it just doesn't get talked about. And I think acknowledging it and talking about it as a whole was kind of what stood out to me um, yeah. in a general sense. That's a question for you guys. How comfortable are you guys talking about grief or about death? Um, two very comfortable, uncomfortable subjects, I think, for most people to talk about. Um, and as I mentioned in the sermon, that's one of the reasons I like talking uh, at All Saints, because it is one of those Sundays where, and I'll say we're forced to deal with it, because we could definitely not talk about it, but it is a Sunday where there is opportunity for us to deal with those very heavy subjects for most people. Um, yeah, I'll look at that. You're getting a compliment from Lynn. She's well, always good. I don't know why you sound so surprised. I'm, wow. <laughs> You're actually nice to these people online. Wow. <laughs> Lynn's always very complimentary, though, so that's very nice. Thank you, Lynn. And uh, look, we got Mandy all the way from Boston. Boston, nice to have you with us. So it's a little bit later there. You're in the same time zone as my daughter, uh, 3 p.m., it's funny, I'll talk to my daughter at, we'll call her about 9 or 10, and she'll be like, yeah, I'm going to get to bed early tonight. And we're like, it's already 1 o'clock there. She goes, yeah, I'm going to go to bed before 2. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Sounds about right for a college age kid. Sounds about right for a college age kid. Wow. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, All Saints is that opportunity for us to talk about, to talk about death and talk about grieving. And it was really interesting. Initially... The reason I wanted to spend some time with grieving is because I had read a devotion a couple of weeks back, and I couldn't find it to, to reference it, but it was just something that really stuck with me that talked about um, one of the best ways to heal from loss is to grieve, is to allow yourself 
to completely grieve, um, to deal with your emotions, uh, to name them, to claim them, and to work through them. <clears throat> and it stuck with me because that is not, even as a pastor, even though I know that intellectually, it's very hard for me I'm in my heart to grasp that because I was raised in, in an atmosphere that you just, you kind of didn't deal with your emotions. Um, you pretended they weren't there. Uh, you toughened up. You, you, you tough through them, if you will. <clears throat> and that was just the way I was raised. How about you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think too is different for like when boys are raised versus girls. I think boys are definitely encouraged or they used to be encouraged mm. not to express a lot of their feelings. But, you know, I think I've uh, had, a, I've had a few deaths in our family over the past couple of years. And, and it's interesting because you always find people when they're in the midst of like the heavier grief and they're upset or they're visibly upset mm-hmm. or emotional. They are apologize. I'm sorry. I'm so upset. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm still mm. crying. And it's, it's interesting because it wasn't until we really started having these deaths in our family that I noticed that that kind of seems to be what people do is they apologize for feeling sad yeah. that yeah. someone they love is gone. That, that is so true. And it's, it's, well, that was one of the things I mentioned in, in the message was there's a, a couple that lost somebody a few weeks ago and I went to visit them <clears throat> and they were apologizing that they were still tearing up a little bit, you know, because we would talk about the person they would tear up. <clears throat> And it's been like two and a half weeks. And I'm like, it's two and a half weeks. It's okay if you still cry. Yeah. You know, there, there is this, this feeling that, that you're just kind of supposed to move past it so quickly. Right. So not true. <clears throat> you mentioned something the other day we were talking in a staff meeting. And, we were, and I don't know how it came up where if you lose somebody suddenly versus you lose somebody who's been ill for a while. Mm-hmm. And you've, you've kind of had some time to deal with it. Maybe they've had cancer. Or they're just they're a little bit older <clears throat> and they've been ill. That it's, it seems harder to deal with the grief of losing somebody that you lose suddenly, unexpectedly. In my experience, that's what okay. it's been. Yeah. Say, say more about that because I think that's pretty relevant. <clears throat> um, so I, I think in my situation, my grandmother had lung cancer and our family, you know, we had a lot of time to... <clears throat> spend with her as she progressively got more sick and so by the time she actually passed we all kind of felt the peace that I hear people talk about you know like mm-hmm. it's it's it we were kind of at peace with it um whereas my sister um she died tragically in a car accident and at 29 and it was sudden and it was just very heart-wrenching and it did not it did not feel like a peace you know what I mean? And I think even a year later, it's mm-hmm. still hard to find like a piece about it. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I was asking in the staff meeting because, you know, I was just curious if anyone had had an experience where they lost someone suddenly and felt that piece. Because I think, um, and maybe it was just for personal inquiry, I want to know like, when mm. am I going to get the piece about my sister's death that other people have, or that I've experienced even with my grandmother's death, if that makes sense. You still do not have that piece with your sister's death. I don't think so. I think Mm. it's still really hard to have that piece, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she had a little girl, and it's just hard to think about all of that. You know, it's hard to have a piece surrounding, you know, her not having her mom here, and our family not having my sister, and, and just maybe her being younger. Yeah. You know, that's interesting because we've had some people in our church that have dealt with some of that. And, 
You should maybe have a conversation with Joanne Reese because Joanne Reese lost her daughter mm-hmm. and her granddaughter quite suddenly. Um, and then now Dan was a little bit more of a, a process and he'd been sick for a while, but they seemed to uh, had dealt with their daughter and their granddaughter's death. Both kind of died very suddenly. So um, I think that would be a really good conversation. But that sudden death, is, it's, it's this process of saying goodbye. Mm-hmm. You never get to say goodbye to her. Right. You never got to kind of tell her how you maybe really felt. Right. And that can linger. Yes. And I think, too, when we talked about it in our staff meeting, we talked about how when you do have someone that you're kind of gradually losing, like to an illness or age, it's um, almost like you grieved their loss before they're even grieved the loss of them before they're even gone. Mm -hmm. You know, I think um, in my case with my grandmother, I mean, the last almost month of her life, it, it wasn't like the same grandmother or family member that we've all experienced. You know, it was like we've but we've had the time to like gradually adjust to like, oh, we're not getting those phone calls anymore. Or, oh, we're not going to have these family gatherings where she's here because she kind of slowly started being absent from that. Sure. So sure. I think it helps to adjust with that. You're right. Somebody had mentioned something. Yeah, Lynn said that piece was difficult to find fully. fully. Yeah. You know, and that was just something kind of with what Tommy said that – it's a great reminder that any, what did Miriam say two weeks ago? Um, at any moment, she said it better. Oh, she said, we're all just a, like. We're all just a breath away. away. Yeah. So if there's something that you need to say to somebody, something you need to remind somebody of, if there's somebody that you love that you haven't told that you love them in a while, you don't wait. You always do it the day of because mm-hmm. you never know when there's going to be a car accident when there's going to be a sudden illness or a something physical that takes somebody away suddenly. So you don't want to have a lot, bunch of those unsaid feelings out there. It uh, has nothing to do with my message whatsoever, but yeah. it's just kind of something that popped it into is, my head. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So kind of going back to this idea of what does the Bible say about death? And I really, I had been, it had been a while since I had read the story of Lazarus. But as I was preparing for this and I was looking through different scriptures, I kept coming back to this story because there was just a lot of really good elements to it. And Jesus is not only dealing with the loss of a friend, but he's also dealing with other friends like Mary and Martha, who have lost their brother, who they pretty obviously love dearly. And so there's just a bunch of emotions here, and we see Jesus interacting in a very real-life situation with this idea of death. Um, And it starts out pretty simply that he becomes aware that Lazarus is ill, but he stays where he is. Now, it's interesting because there's two things going on. One is he was there before and they tried to kill him. Um, so I don't know if he couldn't quite go back because the mob was still incensed about him. Or, as we read about later, it was more to make sure that he's able to show the power and the glory of God by raising Lazarus. Um, but before we get to that part, it's a couple of things about it. In verse 25... I believe, 25 and 26. Um, Martha comes out. He finally, Lazarus has died. It's been a few days. He finally goes to see Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And it's interesting because it's four days later. We know that because she, late as they go to the tomb, she says it's been four days. Mm-hmm. And they're still mourning, right? And this is very Middle Eastern. If you've ever been a part of one of those types of uh, families or funerals, they will mourn for days and days and weeks and weeks. And here, and it's funny, the northern 
European style of mourning is, oh, they're gone, do the funeral, let's move on with our lives. Mm-hmm. And this is, I don't know if that's the best way to handle it. Um, but anyway, so it's four days later, uh, and she comes out, and she sees him, and she says, Jesus, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Um, and then he says to Martha, uh, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And then he asks her, do you believe this? And she says, yes, Lord, I, I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. But he is claiming right here, and this is for all those people out there that think that Jesus never claims to have uh, the power of resurrection, the power of life over death, never claims to be the Messiah, right here, in his own words, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. And even though they die, right, uh, whoever, li- 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 whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And of course, he's not talking about a physical death. He's talking about a spiritual death. Um, so right here, he reminds us that the Bible tells us that, according to the words of Jesus, our death is not final. I wanted to say something about... Um, just this prior to this, where you're talking about how Martha says to him, like, hey, if you weren't, if you were here, he wouldn't have died. And I think that is a lot of our first reactions. Like, well, God, if you were here, that person wouldn't have died. Right. Why'd you let that person die? Yeah. And so I think reading about it in the word and being like, okay, this is clearly just a human condition. Like I'm not the only one who's questioning this. And I think it is kind of reassuring to know that, you know, as Humans were not the only ones that are kind of like, where were you and why didn't you do something to keep this person from dying? <laughs> that is a really good point, Tommy. I hadn't thought about that. That is a very human reaction. Um, you know, so, and a lot of people then will take it the next step further and say, well, there must not be a God. Right. Because all these people were praying for my sick child mm-hmm. and my child died anyway. So if all these people were praying and prayer was real and God was real, then he wouldn't let him die. Mm-hmm. And that is unfortunate. Right. But once again, in the story, we get this wonderful example mm-hmm. that um, Jesus let Lazarus die. Right? Because he knows of the bigger picture. Let's see what we got going on here. Um, <laughs> funny. All right. And then also in 1 Corinthians, we get another scripture, I think, that talks about this. When Paul writes, When the perishable has been closed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. And I just love this idea, right? So many people have a view of death, uh, different views of death. Some people think it's the end. It is. That's it. You're just ashes. Other, a fair part of the world thinks that you come back as something, Mm -hmm. a cow, another person, a bug, uh, the whole reincarnation (laughs) thing. And then I don't know if people really believe this, but there's this kind of Hollywood idea of what happens and it's uh, you know, the, you come back as part of the universe. You're mm-hmm. part of the force, kind of like a Star Wars-y type of, type of thing. Uh, but that is not what God's Word says. God were, God's Word says that there is life after death and that it comes through Jesus Christ and that uh, not only do we immediately get a spiritual resurrection, but then we actually have a bodily resurrection. I didn't say that in, this, in the sermon because that can get kind of touchy. And people struggle to understand that a little bit. But there's this idea that we have a spiritual resurrection immediately. We are uh, spiritually with Jesus as soon as we die. But then at 
some point in the existence of the universe, there will be a bodily resurrection where we will get new bodies. What those bodies look like, we're a little unsure. It's more of a spiritual body. It's a perfect body. There's no more flaws in it. But that will come on that final day when Jesus comes again. Um, but this is, I, I, the Bible tells us that death is actually victory for the person who's died, which is really weird to think of death as victory. But that is the Christian belief, that there is something after death, and what is after death is so wonderful, so amazing, that it is a victorious moment for the person who has died, not necessarily for the people who are left behind. And I wonder if that's why it makes kind of that piece of seeing someone die who's like struggling with an illness or Mm -hmm. kind of like deteriorating. I almost feel like, yeah, I can totally get on board with death as a victory when you sit and watch someone like kind of deteriorate slowly like that. You're like, man, you are going to be feeling so much better. So <laughs> much, yep. um, So I think there are situations where I, I think that totally feels appropriate. Yep. And obviously it's supposed to be that in all situations, but I think it is easier to accept it It's others. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was meeting with somebody today and his wife has, it's not Parkinson's, but it's Parkinson's-like. It's in that same family. And she's just deteriorating. She no longer can move her left side. Her arm mm. is paralyzed. Her leg's paralyzed. Um, she, her, her speech is very, uh, it, it's not, it's, it's all messed up. And... Um, her mind is still pretty clear, pretty sharp most of the time. And she just doesn't have a great quality of life. And she knows it. Her husband knows it. And it's one of those things, I think, that when she passes, everyone's going to be relieved. Mm-hmm. She is. He is. Um, and because they are both strong believers and they understand this idea of victory afterwards. And knowing that her quality of life is not what either of them would hope for right now. Now she's making the best of it and she's... And she's got friends around her and they do things for her and, and try to bring some elements of joy into her life. But her life isn't at all what she would want it to be. Um, so I think that's... It. When she goes, it will truly be a celebration uh-huh. because she's going to no longer be in this frail, crippled body uh-huh. and she'll yeah. just be free. Free of any suffering too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Dave and Jan had said that when they dust off their daughter's picture... You know, they start to feel sad, but then they think of the good times they had, and, um, you know, that helps her so much. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Lynn also talked about kind of some of those hard co- those conversations, you know, trying to keep them <clears throat> positive so that there isn't really this negative conversation is the potential last conversation, you know. Yeah. Um, Randy yeah. commented that there's an Eastern thought that there is life in the cosmic sense and our energy in our physical body is temporary. Mm, I like that. And then Lynn also is asking, you know, do we mourn the dramatic change in our life rather than the death itself, particularly in a sudden death? I think that is exactly, Lynn, I think you're on to something there. Yeah. I think most of us who are believers understand that the person is in a better place, but that doesn't always fill the hole that is left inside of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And when we love somebody... You know, they take up a part of our, our psyche, our soul, our hearts, whatever you want to call it. And when they go, there's that hole. Mm-hmm. And it takes time for that hole to be filled. It's filled with the love of other people. It's filled with other relationships. Of course, it's filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and the more we have in those relationships, the more we're invested in that relationship with God and the Holy Spirit, the quicker that hole gets filled up. But it does take a while. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly And when it's sudden, it's kind of a ripping. Whereas if it's more gradual, you're already starting to fill that hole. Mm-hmm. Um, 
before they even pass away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is this is something I kind of want to remind us of. I think most of, we've kind of said it. We've talked around it a little bit. Uh, but I want to say it very clearly because in this story of Lazarus from John chapter 11, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I always joke that the, one of the reasons I like this text is because my... My son's, it was his confirmation text. I remember that. <laughs> he, just, he just wanted a short text, and he, was, he wasn't playing that game with us. Um, not a game, but he was like, do I have to pick one? And I'm like, yes, you're the pastor's son. You have to pick a scripture. And he goes, all right, I'll pick John eleven thirty five. Jesus wept. And I was like, oh. that's just when you just kind of shake your head. Um, so, but Jesus just told Mary... I'm sorry, Martha, that he's a resurrection and the life and that her brother would rise again. Um, Jesus knew he was going to go to the tomb and call Lazarus from the tomb. Jesus knew he had the power over, the, over sin and death. And yet, when he sees everybody sad, mm-hmm. he's touched by that sadness because he also loved Lazarus and he cries. And this is great for the Montana boy inside of me to say, look, if Jesus can cry, and Jesus was very manly. Yes. <laughs> if Jesus can cry, it's okay to cry. Grief is part of the process. If Jesus grieved, then why is it not okay for us to grieve? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it gives us permission to grieve. It gives us that example. Jesus was really good at setting examples. Um, gives us that example of how we can grieve and be okay with that loss as well. And, you know, this doesn't have to be death. There's all kinds of losses mm-hmm. in the world. Yep. There's a loss of a relationship. A divorce can be a death. Um, like death of a relationship. Um, <clears throat> a broken friendship. Mm-hmm. I remember when my wife went through a broken friendship at one point in, in her life. And, and she, was very, she was sad for a very long time because it was a very dear friend of hers. Um, and so you see all kinds of deaths and, and endings in our lives. And we can grieve those as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think there's a, a t- uh, like a, a timeline that grief is part of the process until it's yeah. just it can be just it's part of the process forever. No, there oh. there is a timeline. Two months, and you're supposed to, <laughs> two months. Well, according to most like, jo- I mean, when I worked for the school district, your bereavement was three days. <laughs> is that what you so, get? You get three yes, days. Yes, you get okay. three days, and then yeah. I guess you're expected to come on back. And <laughs> yeah, See, I, I think that's a good point. Grief is different, and every situation is different. It depends on the relationship. depends on how tightly you were involved in that relationship. Like I said, maybe it's the death of a marriage. That could take some people. If a marriage is bad and it ends, it can, you can move on very quickly. But if it's a, a marriage and you're kind of blindsided and it, it's over, it can take a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Versus saying goodbye to your grandma, that grief process is different. Versus saying goodbye to your sister who mm-hmm. was taken suddenly, that takes a lot longer. Every process is a little bit different, but kind of the key point is that grieve mm-hmm. deal with it don't run away from it don't push it down don't ignore it deal with it one of the best ways to deal with it is talk to other people about that person that's why i always encourage families to come together and share those stories share those stories that make you laugh because sometimes that laughter will lead to some tears mm-hmm. um and and just talk about the person uh, put yourself in situations where you're forced to deal with some of your feelings about that person emotions about that person that's all part of the grief process um and I think, too, whenever those feelings come up, you know, even like um, Dave and Jan, I'm not sure which one it was, talking about the photo of the daughter, but 
um, I think it's great to think of like the good times, but even if you do feel a little bit of sadness in that moment, it's okay to like just let yourself be sad in that moment too. It is. Um, Don't run away from that sadness right, too quickly. Yeah. 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 Come in a little bit. Let's just you a little oh. more. You and I. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, don't, and I do, and I, I get that, and I understand running away from that sadness. Uh, once again, that's just not an emotion that I'm terribly comfortable with. I'm actually much more comfortable with other people's sadness uh, <laughs> and just letting other people be sad around me. Because sometimes other people can be comfortable around sadness as well. Mm-hmm. Like if you're sad and, and crying or grieving, some people can be like, <clears throat> you know, very, yeah. and that's one of the reasons people apologize. I'm sorry, I don't want to make you uncomfortable. I don't want to make mm-hmm. you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people do get uncomfortable with that, but. Uh, once again, having that permission to grieve and be sad, not only for yourself, but also for other people who may be grieving and just, and just sitting with that mm-hmm. and letting them be sad um, and caring about them. That's one of the best ways to be with somebody who's going through a difficult time. You don't have to have the right words to say. And you don't have to try to cheer them up. You don't, you don't have to try to make them feel better. Oh, it's okay. Jesus needs another angel in heaven. Yeah. They're in a better place now. Yeah. Sometimes that doesn't feel very good. Right. And those, <laughs> and those kind of words come from a place of uncomfortableness often. Yeah. You know, and trying to make somebody feel better or make the moment feel better. And really one of the best things you could do when somebody's grieving is just to be with them. Mm-hmm. And to remind them that you care and that you're sad with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Connie, when a family experiences multiple deaths of loved ones, even close in time, is very tough. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then a great reminder, the reason that it's okay to grieve, a reminder that death is not the final word, is because, um, it's because we know that Jesus had power over the grave. Mm-hmm. And for that, we just go back to the foundational aspect of Christianity, which is Jesus rising from the grave. He was dead three days later. It's funny, I've always, I've always been a little confused by the three days, because he, he dies late at night, and then he er- rises early in the morning. So it's really two and a half days, but, you know, it's three days. Um, it's on the third day. And... Uh, and he, he resurrects from the grave. And as Christians, that's kind of foundational with what we believe. Because mm-hmm. if Jesus didn't rise from, the, rise from the grave, he was a really good teacher who had some really good things to say, uh, whose followers turned him into a god. But there's too much that points to the fact that he rose from the grave. And obviously there's God's word, but there's all kinds of things around God's word that would be another story, another message at some point. The point to the fact that he did. And if he could rise from the grave... And we have three resurrection stories during the three years that he taught and ministered in Israel. Um, Obviously, he has the power to rise other people from the grave as well. So uh, that power tells us that that's how we can believe that the grave isn't final, death isn't final. And that we mourn that person's loss in our lives, but we don't necessarily mourn that person ceasing to exist. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see heaven what's it like tommy what's heaven like well i haven't been yet so i'm not sure (laughs) and see there's the answer we're not sure we don't know people go i want to know what heaven's like well i can't give you a a, a defining answer because i personally have never been there that's the best way to know exactly what something is like is to have a first-hand experience of it uh i have, have never been there and i hope to at least have grandchildren before i go there but we'll see you know when my time comes my time comes um, the Bible gives us some hints and some clues about heaven. Uh, one, it's a wonderful place. Two, you're with Jesus. Three, there's no more grief, there's no more tears, there's no more crying. Revelation says it like this. 
God will be with his people and his people will be with God. And it says he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. Let's just walk through that list a little bit. Um, no more death. Okay. So that just goes to show you that the, fit, the only death we experience is going to be that physical death mm-hmm. of the body. The, the spiritual death does not happen. Okay. No more mourning. Why is there no more mourning? Because there's no more death. But that also means there's no more brokenness. There's no more sin, right? Mourning isn't just about when somebody dies. You can mourn, you can mourn the fact that you made a bad choice, that you sinned. You can mourn a broken relationship. There's a lot of things that we mourn, but there's no more mourning. Mm-hmm. So that means that all the things of the devil, he is driven. And if you watch, read Revelations, I can sum it up in two words. You've heard me say this a million times. Revelations, all those books have been written about all the meaning can be summed up in two words. God wins. That's all you need to know. Devil is cast out. God wins. Heaven, the new Jerusalem, it's all there. So no more no more crying, no more pain. And I think that goes back to those loved ones that we mm-hmm. have that are in a lot of pain or physical agony or emotional agony. That's all gone as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just I think the idea of not ever experiencing pain again is like the victory, right? Right. I, that is a victory. Yeah. Life's painful. Especially if you're, you're older and you're suffering. It can be physically painful, but it can also be emotionally painful. Mm-hmm. Right now, you know, Miriam is dealing with her, her mom who has Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And so her mom isn't necessarily in physical pain or emotional pain, but there's emotional pain for Miriam because her mom is not the same woman she remembers. Yeah. I mean, I have a brother who struggles with addiction, and it's really painful to watch him walk through that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of ways that we experience pain in life that isn't related to death. We experience a lot of pain in this world. Yeah. All that is washed away in heaven, at least according to the vision that John has. Yes. But it's reinforced in other places in the Bible. I just don't have some of the scriptures in front of me. It's very interesting. Peter, um, the, the, you know, the rock in which I'm going to build this church, disciple, says that in keeping with God's promises, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth. And I, this is interesting. He said where righteousness dwells. And I put that in there for this reason, because righteousness, where righteousness is the answer. Righteousness is a rightness with God. So much of human misery and human suffering is because of our broken relationship with God. Mm-hmm. All that's gone away, right? Where there's just a righteousness with God, where we are with God, God is with us. There's this intimate relationship. Probably doesn't look like a physical relationship that we would understand in the world today, but something probably closer and more wonderful. And um, just in that relationship, everything is is made new and better. Yeah. Um, so, are there any other? What, what did Jim? Jim, you said Jim well, had a couple, had a couple things, but he <clears throat> his uh, he had a couple things that were actually very related. Just basically acknowledging that. Um, it was really refreshing to hear a pastor acknowledge that grief was a necessary part of the healing process. And that, you know, for um, Pastor Jim and for Krista, this All Saints really hit home for them because they have um, been kind of hit back to back with some deaths in the family. And, mm-hmm. you know, they just really appreciated the whole service, most of what you had to say, most of it. I'm most sure. of it. Oh, I understand. <laughs> but, um, we're all human. You know, just knowing that, you know, they were able to hear those words of comfort and healing and be, have it be acknowledged that grief is, you know, part of that process. Yeah, oh, good. Yeah. That is an important thing for us to hear. Um, as Christians, we should never be afraid to grieve. But then we should also make sure that we remember 
the promises that God mm -hmm. has for us about death, about our loved ones, and about our own death as well, because death can be a very scary experience um, for us. And if we think we're separated from God, finish with one story of my grandmother when she passed. Um, I was new in the ministry. I had just got out of seminary. It was in my first call. And I went up to Montana because she was very ill. And I was talking with her. I was talking with her as her grandson, but also was the only pastor that was in her life at that point. <laughs> and just trying to make sure that she was comfortable with the fact that she was going to die soon. And she got a tear in her eye. And my grandmother's a very strong, kind of hard, a little bit bitter woman. Uh, <laughs> not bitter, that's not the right term. Um, just a hard woman. She'd had kind of a hard, long life. And, um, and she just shook her head. And she goes, you don't know what I have done. And we ended up finding out after she died, some skeletons that came out of the closet. Um, everybody has them. No big deal. Um, <laughs> but her skeletons led her to believe that she could not be made. She mm. could not be righteous, right? She could not be right with God. And because of that, she had the fear that she wasn't going to go to heaven. And so that is one thing that I want to assure all of us who are listening, either listening live or maybe going to be listening to the podcast later. There is nothing that you have done that can separate you from the love that you have through Christ Jesus. Um, if you ask for his forgiveness and you repent and you turn away from your sins and you are sorry for them, the Bible is very clear. You are forgiven and you are made right again with God. Um, and it doesn't, you don't have to do a whole bunch of acts. Um, the acts are proof that you feel forgiven but they do not make you forgiven. So please remember that these promises that God has are for all of God's people, right? And they are for you. Um, and there is nothing you've done. And maybe you've done something really bad. God can forgive you for that. I wish my grandmother would have realized that before she died. I think that's really hard hearing mm. someone think that about it themselves is. too. Yeah, it is. All right, my friends, so much more. We could keep going on and on, but um, we're not. We're going to save some of this for another time. And we appreciate you tuning in as we go, a little, as we go deeper into the message. Keep tuning in. Send us some questions. Send us some comments. We like to address those so we know where you're coming from. Keep uh, sending comments back and forth and supporting one another as well. All right. God bless everyone. Have a great day. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode of Good News from Good Sand. We ask that you would join us again for our next podcast as we continue to go deep. And remember to subscribe to the show where you listen to podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. And again, I'm Pastor Scott. And I'm Pastor Don. Thanks for listening, and we just hope you have a great day.